This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I know Buck said before the game, they don't have a set closer. And he sort of, like, I sort of agree with him only because like we talked about last time, we saw him use a lot of Edwin Diaz in the eighth inning. And I think in baseball, we're moving past the quote unquote set closer, but there's still the reliever that you trust the most. There's still that reliever who more times than not gets the ninth inning. There's that reliever that you want in the biggest spot of the game. And David Robertson's that guy. He just is. I think going into the season, he's that guy. Obviously, that can change based on performance. And this was a great test. Not that a guy who's 38, 39 years old and has closed the New York needs a test. But for our team, for our purposes, for us watching him, it was a test. Closer of the National League champion Phillies, whatever. Big time reliever for the Yankees, whatever. It's all new to us now because all that was us watching from afar. Now it's what are you going to do for us? You're facing the heart of the Marlins order. Granted, it's the Marlins. They're not exactly murderer's row. They scored 3.6 runs per game last year. But I like that. I like throwing them right into the fire. But we all had that same fear since Edwin Diaz got hurt. That the Mets were going to lose games because Edwin isn't there. And if, God forbid, they lost on opening day, even though it's only one game, it would be something that would be tattooed on our brain forever. Very similar to opening day 05 when Braden Looper wiped away Pedro Martinez's Met debut. So as Robertson got up there against Garrett Cooper, of all people, the guy with the two-run home run in the sixth inning, I, I did have some fear in my mind. In fact, I may have gone to FanDuel and bet the Miami Marlins. I may have. I mean, what, what, what have I done that with 11 to 1 odds? Maybe. I may have done that. Well, why do you look so disgusted? Well, because a few things. First of all, uh, I think SFY threw out the stat of what what it was if you were going to bet on the Mets to win at that moment. It was like minus like 2,000 or something like that. Yes. So it's like, yes. So you must have saw that, like, oh, I'm jumping on the other side of it. Slash, they're throwing out the Edwin Diaz, getting the walk off the mat, like, you know, the injury. They're also showing last year the 80, Mets are 89 and 0. Yes. After with leads. So you're like, Mr. Negativity over there. Yeah, That's pretty much. <laughs> I do this all the time with the Nets. It's called emotional insurance is what it's called. And my wife knows about it. She knows I do this. I do it responsibly, obviously. It's called emotional insurance, which is if things go bad, I'll still be very upset, but at least give me some money for it. And so that's what I did. I, I, I'm always going to be honest with the Rico audience, okay? Anytime I make a takeout emotional insurance, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you when I do it. I'm also going to tell you the opposite. Like if we're down by three runs late in the game and I say, hey, I'm feeling good about this. I'll tell you that too. But I took out emotional insurance 
And David Robertson, thank you, David. I just want to say to David Robertson, even though my son may never love you because you don't have the trumpets like Edwin Diaz, I just want you to go out and save baseball games and not blow up our season. And David Robertson not only didn't blow up our season day one, he made it easy. He made it stress-free. I love John Franco. John Franco never made it stress-free. Never. He would never do it. Edwin Diaz last year was the first closer in the history of my life who not only saved a lot of games, but did it stress-free. Even good Armando Benitez didn't do it stress-free. Billy Wagner didn't do it stress-free. And for David Robertson to strike out Cooper and strike out the poster guy of MLB The Show, Jazz Chisholm, and then get Jorge Soler to pop up. Oh, chef's kiss to David Robertson. He did an absolutely fantastic job. My dad's texting me, who needs Edwin Diaz? <laughs> and that, it's not a slight on Edwin Diaz. It's, I think it's a reminder, and I said this when Edwin got hurt. The advantage that we had is gone. But can the Mets still have a really good bullpen? Yeah, of course they can. Just look around baseball. Look at who the closers are or the bullpen guys who will be asked to get big outs in high leverage situations. Look at who they are around baseball. And you can't tell me, and I understand bullpens are up and down, that the Met arms are that much worse. What we lost was an advantage. That's gone. But can David Robertson and Brooks Raleigh and Drew Smith and the guys we didn't even see today, John Curtis and Adam Ottavino, can they be a part of a strength and a good bullpen? Yeah, why not? And at least for one day, they got off to a really good start. Yeah, it's it's just disappointing because I think this bullpen's actually really good. So to have Edwin Diaz would have been like, wow, this may yeah. be the best bullpen in baseball. And I know that that's like... Why do you say that? Well, Edward Diaz is the best closer in baseball right now, so that's easy to say. But Brooks Raleigh looks great. And I do think that Robertson will get most of the starts anyway, especially when, you, when you're going to have a mix of lefties in there because we already talked about how Robertson could basically face yep. lefties just as well. Adam Adovino against lefties is a scary sight. So I don't really know if we want to well, experience that as much. Well, and that's what's great. Like Adam Adovino in having a great year last year was – forced to have been used in situations that were not ideal. The Met bullpen is deep enough where, and I hate to quote what Aaron Boone used to say, but it's true, where you can put him in his perfect, was it Avenue? I forget what they used to say. Alleyway. They used to have a phrase for how they would use their relievers. But it, but it's true in this case. Like Adam Adovino's perfect alleyway or Avenue, whatever the hell he said, can be used better by the Mets because they have a deeper bullpen this year than they did last year. They do. They do. They don't have the back-end dominance, but they have a really deep bullpen. And this was a great start because they got six out of max, and I think that's a reasonable amount of innings out of your starting pitching. You're usually not going to get much more than that, even from Scherzer, even from Verlander. And so on a nightly basis, you're going to need to get nine outs. And in day one, they got nine outs. The other thing that was really encouraging, and I, and I want to circle this back to Verlander and his injury, is Brandon Nimmo. I bring this up because when Brandon Nimmo went down with that knee injury, I was panicking. I can't say every Met fan was panicking. I was panicking. And there was a fear that, oh, my God, he's going to miss a lot of time. I I was even saying, I may have said it on the Rico, get him back by May 1st, it's a win. Well, here we are on opening day, 
not that long removed from when Brandon Nimmo went down with his knee injury. Not only is he playing and leading off, he's driving in the first run of the game and he's driving in the two runs that won the game in the seventh inning. And he's drawing walks and sprinting to first base. We got a pure, full Brandon Nimmo experience today. And we got that when it wasn't that long ago where it felt like it would be impossible to see him play. We're breaking down who's going to replace him. Now, who's going to play center field? So I think that's a reminder that while my initial reaction of Verlander is to panic, and there's reason to be nervous about it, we just don't know with these injuries. You, you just don't know. And I think as Met fans, we always want to think the worst. And a lot of times it is the worst. But then there are times like Brandon Nemo, where it's clearly not the worst because he didn't miss a game and he drove in three runs on opening day. Well, it's funny because we're talking about injuries. I mean, we before we even got the Verlander news, I think we saw that uh, – I'm going to butcher his name – Daoka. Oh, Bryce Montes Daoka news. Horrible news, yes. Yeah, Tommy John. So it's like yeah. that's that's why we're always thinking the worst. Um, and uh, thankfully with Brendan Nimmo, that, that did not happen. But, I mean, and a lot of it's precaution too, though. Uh, a lot of, I think a lot of it was Nimmo, the, the timing of it, Let's just not don't rush you back type of right. thing. Uh, here's a question for you too. We didn't touch on the lineup. The, the the did you like Vogel back at seven? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yes. Yeah. I think their best hitter to protect, assuming you're going to keep Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonso, which Buck ran out basically every day last year, I don't have an issue with it. The guy who offers the best protection for Pete Alonso is Jeff McNeil. It's just. It's not even close, and I think he gave you a reminder of it because there's a good chance he's going to come up with guys on base. The Mets are not a slugging team. They're just not. Alonzo will hit a bunch of home runs. Lindor will hit a bunch of home runs. They're not a slugging team that's not their strength, which means the guy who's hitting fifth is more times than not coming up with guys on base. And I'd rather have Jeff McNeil up uh, with guys on base than Eduardo Escobar, than Daniel Vogelbach, than anybody else. So, I think the way they lined them up was absolutely the way you should go. I got no no issues with that. Uh, you want to split up the lefties to a degree so you don't have Vogelbach and Narvaez back-to-back. You don't have Vogelbach, McNeil back-to-back. Uh, so think about it this way. If you're not hitting McNeil fifth and you're hitting Vogelbach because he's got pop, that means you're hitting McNeil seventh. And that, to me, is crazy. He's too good for that. So I did like the lineup, but... We saw Vogelbach in the seventh inning with a lefty Tanner Scott on the mound get pinch hit for it. Of course, he's not going to face lefties. And think about the guys they have on their bench. 
Tommy Pham was the only logical guy to go to. You're not going to Nito. You're not going to Guillerme. And LeCastro's there for speed and defense. So the guy you go to is Tommy Pham. It's not, it's not a great bench. It's not a great bench. And we're going to see it in day two on Friday when Jesus Lazardo is on the mound. Tommy Pham's going to be the right-handed DH. So here's what bothers me, and it has everything to do with the New York Yankees and the San Francisco Giants. So I'm sitting down, getting ready to score Yankees-Giants, because that's what I do. And in the scorebook I have, you have the bench spots. You got the bullpen spots. So I see the final roster for the New York Yankees. I see the final roster for the San Francisco Giants. Both teams are doing exactly what I want the Mets to do. The one roster construction thing I always scream about, and that is 12 pitchers, 14 position players. Why does that matter? Because instead of only having four guys on your bench, Guillerme, Pham, Nito, LeCastro, if you have one fewer pitcher, like the New York Yankees, like the San Francisco Giants, that gives you another bat. That other bat should be Mark Vientos. Mark Vientos is now your right-handed DH. Mark Vientos is now the guy pinch-hitting for Daniel Vogelbach. And you still have Tommy Pham, and you still have your bench. So I see the New York Yankees carrying five bench players. I see the San Francisco Giants. And I think the Giants are a better example than the Yankees, and I'll tell you why. Because the Giants are a platoon team. And the Mets, to a varying degree, can be a platoon team, especially a DH. So the one thing I would tell you is that they should carry a fifth guy on their bench. They don't need eight guys out of the bullpen. And that's what the Mets have, and the Giants and Yankees don't. So when I saw that this morning, when I was looking at the Giants and Yankee roster, I got jealous. I got jealous. Like, come on. Well, why why do you think you need 13 freaking pitchers out of your bullpen? Because tomorrow or Friday, depending on when you're listening, the Mets are going to face a lefty. On Sunday against the Marlins, the Mets are going to face a lefty. They're facing lefties twice in the next three games. That means Tommy Pham's the DH. And maybe more, because I don't know if Brandon Immel's going to play every single game. I don't know if Starlin Castro's going to play every single game. So, I think I said Starlin Castro. Holy crap. Starlin yeah. Marte. <laughs> <laughs> At least I caught myself. Oh, my God. I, I would love to see the man a fifth guy on the bench. That's... That's my point of it. But I do like the lineup in terms of where the guys are, you know, the, the order of where they're at. I got no issue with that. Where, where, which, which bullpen, would, which reliever would you cut out? Um, I mean, Dennis Santana hasn't pitched yet, so it's tough to, to just get rid of him. I understand you'd have to play some on waivers, but probably him if I had to cut somebody out. I, it's more, do you need eight relievers out of the bullpen? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Do Is that a number you need? For a long time, it was six guys out of the pen. Then it became seven guys out of the pen. Now we're at eight guys out of the bullpen? But just to be the devil's advocate here, we're t- talking about baseball that's ch- completely changed, that pitchers, you know, going six innings is a difficult task to take, to, to make. So you're seeing about three bullpen arms a game, sometimes yeah, but- at least. The, again, the New York Yankees and the San Francisco Giants are playing the same game. And as of now, and I know that can change. Don't get me wrong. Like a week goes by, that will change. They both have fewer guys in their bullpen. They do. And because of the way the Mets are built, where I believe they have a handful of guys 
that you're going to want to not play every, every single day. I think it reinforces the idea that you need five guys off your bench. You lose complete versatility. I mean, think about it. You pinch hit for Daniel Vogelback in the seventh inning. You now, after you do that, only have three guys left on your bench, one of which is your backup catcher. The other one is a guy you're only using for speed and defense. And the other guy, Luis Guillerme, I love, but it's Luis Guillerme. Like, I think the way this roster is built, they need another bat off the bench. But that's just me. Now, we are going to see Tyler McGill fill in for Justin Verlander, which means Tyler McGill, assuming there are no setbacks with anyone else, any other injuries, Tyler McGill will have gone from pitching opening day, the true opening day in 2022, to the Mets' home opener in 2023. So congratulations to Tyler McGill. But it's lined up for Peterson, McGill, Senga, Carrasco. And right out the gate, the Met rotation depth is being tested. Right out of the gate. So deep breath on Justin Verlander. I am concerned. Oh, because here's the other reason I'm concerned about Justin Verlander. The Mets fix tweeted this out earlier. So credit to them and baseball prospectus. A list of guys who've dealt with a terrace muscle strain. And obviously we don't know the severity of Justin Verlander. They keep saying it's minor. So not all terrace muscle strains are the same. But I'm looking at the list of guys and time missed, and it's scary. Erasmo Ramirez missed 103 games. 103 days on the IL, to be more accurate. Mike Clevenger, 69 days. Nice. Jose LeCleric, 93 days. Corey Kluber, 92 days. Taylor Clark, 51 days. So, so far, I'm basically telling you three months and two months. Cody Morris, 147 days. That's four and a half months. J.P. Bukasakis, 104 days. The one exception, Anthony Desclafani, 10 days, which is what we're hoping for. <laughs> we're hoping for the 10-day variety. So the terrorist muscle strain sounds real scary. It sounds real. And he's 40. And so as Met fans, we really can't whine and complain about this, even if it sounds like I'm whining and complaining about it. Because when you sign a 40-year-old who's two years removed from Tommy John surgery, you then can't act surprised when he's got a terrorist muscle strain. What was your uh, over-under on innings pitch for sure, uh, for Verlander? <laughs> <laughs> I already forgot what me and Sal said. Oh, I already man. forgot. Yeah, Anyhow. That is scary, by the way. And, and like you said, it's, it, the, the age thing sucks. But I said this multiple times last year with DeGrom. In the end, if Verlander misses three freaking months, yes, if he's there for the playoffs, that's what matters. I, I agree with you, and while I think the Mets should be a playoff team and I can't picture six National League teams finishing ahead of them, you do have to make the playoffs first. So if the Mets were sitting here 25 games above 500, I'd say, yeah, shut them down. Who cares? But you also don't want to get off to an awful start. You know, and you don't want to be sitting here six and 15 with an attitude of, oh, don't worry, just be healthy in October because you need to get to October. But they're one and oh. So one down, 161 to go. We'll give you another Rico Brony after this series is over. Maybe another one before that. You never know. You never know when we decide to turn those microphones on. Appreciate all the emails, the Rico B at gmail.com. The New York Mets are one and oh. Hope you enjoyed opening day. We will talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>